Grab your favorite cup, roll a blunt, slide into a nice warm tub, whatever you need to do to get ready for the new tea. Our goal is to uplift, upgrade, and update you on what is happening in the world from a culturally conscious gaze. Of course, we'll throw in some off-color topics to make our subjects more palpable. Welcome, Welcome to, to Urban, Urban Proper. Proper. Hey, y'all. Hey. It is I, Shisha the Cuddler, a.k.a. self-proclaimed queen of everything the light touches. And it be me, Darius the Destroyer, self-proclaimed destroyer of all things, including, but not limited to, Boothole. You know, I feel like that is a a great marker of our friendship. <laughs> the random shit she and Darius says to each other. You know what? That could have been a podcast in and of itself. Yeah. Just us sitting back, like randomly making Freestyle weird phrases. Like... <laughs> yes, but we are back today to talk about some things. Yeah. Um, but we are talking about generational curses. Ooh. And uh, how we can combat them as the next generation reaching adult, or not reaching in adulthood, and like where the last generation left us. Okay. Mm, listen. So, where do I even begin with this? Let's break down a generational curse because a lot of people, if you grew up in the church, you know what a generational curse yeah. is. And a lot of um, religious people. To define a generational curse as something that has passed down through the family. It could be something like alcoholism or mm-hmm. drug use, or if you're in the wrong kind of church, homosexuality. <laughs> um, or, you know, th- things of that nature. But their generational curses run a lot deeper than just alcoholism and drug use. Yeah, and a lot of people consider uh, a, general cur- a generational curse, excuse me, I can't talk. <clears throat> as always, um, as a financial thing, a financial illiteracy, mm-hmm. um, illiteracy, illiteracy, <laughs> um, not being able to get over the hump of living paycheck to paycheck. So mm-hmm. it's it's a multifaceted thing, um, uh, but it's not just that either. Like generational curses is not being able to set boundaries um, in your family, yes. um, as well as just. I would like to throw family secrets into generational curses as well. As uh-huh. Because there are certain family secrets that should not be secrets. There are things in, and I mean like not even outside the family, mm-hmm. I mean inside the family, things that you just like kind of sweep under the rug because oh, we don't talk about that because we don't want to, you know. What goes in my house, stay in my house. That is a generational curse oh, in my personal God. opinion. In certain aspects, like if somebody is abusing another person in the family, mm-hmm. there is no reason that the family shouldn't be talking about it. Mm-hmm. Like, that's something that we need to address. We need to nip it in the motherfucking bud, and we need to carry on as a family. But instead, a lot of times, shit just gets, like I said, swept under the rug. I think that is a generational curse. I yeah. think that's something that black people were taught to do because we had to be strong and stay strong. And when we say, and I think a lot of people uh, kind of like grit or like cringe when we say black people, but we're speaking from our experience. And yes. We have been nothing other than black people. Black my whole damn life. <laughs> my. So, I mean, you, you, it might have happened in, in, in different other um, ethnicities, but we're speaking from our black experience. Yeah. We're and I just speak- like to remind people of that. And I'm glad you said that because... <laughs> We we talk about how black this podcast is because mm-hmm. it is a black podcast. Yes. That like that is what it is at its heart, its core, and its center. But everybody can listen. Everybody can and should listen to this to understand things better from the black perspective. And understand that our ideas, our personalities is not a cookie cutter of how other black people are. Black people are multifaceted. Mm-hmm. We come from a different, a, lo- a, a wide spectrum of skin color, yep. of mannerisms. Just so, between the two of us. we are. You. I was just commenting on how I have <laughs> reached winter skin. My summer tan is gone. Yes. I'm real light skin right now. Yes. Like, still black. You're getting the sun a little bit. And I'm chocolatey, chocolatey. <laughs> and 
I love when I get my summer tan. I love coming back from a vacation post-COVID. Um, black as hell. I love it. Like, people like, oh, my God. I don't want to be in the sun. I'm going to get too dark. I, I love my black. I love it. Okay. I love when I tan, too. Yes. I lo- look crispy. Look crispy. Look extra, you yes. know. I remember my first summer at the boathouse. Okay. <laughs> Listen. So, we used to work at a restaurant. ADD an moment. outdoor restaurant. Yes. ADD moment. For real. For real. That's where we met. That's where we met. That is the origin of our friendship. Yes. It has stood the test of time. Oh, shit. 10 years? Yeah. 11. 11 years. Well, no. No, no, no. I worked there before a couple years before you. Yeah, 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 yeah. It will, it will be 10 years next year. It will, yeah, because, yeah, I was 21. Yeah. And you were 19. I was 19. That was a little bitty baby. Um, but pain and knee pain. We <laughs> listen, don't even talk about the pain. Oh, um, did I take my Tylenol? <laughs> but so, my first time working at the bar house, uh, of course, it's an outdoor restaurant. Mm-hmm. And I remember my best friend's mom picked us up from somewhere and she looked at me in the back seat and then she turned and looked again and she was like, damn. She was like, you got chocolate. (laughs) Well, I work at an outdoor restaurant. So my skin had never, I I had never tanned that dark. And I was like, damn, I look good. Speaking of, and it's just, I don't know why the light bulb just went off so late. That's another generational curse. Um, Colorism. Yes. Colorism and light skin versus dark skin is something that has been embedded in our culture. It's such a cancer. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, that's an excellent way to explain that. It oh my is. god, it's a cancer that we it's, it's just it's hard to root out. Um, we need some chemotherapy on this hoe. We really do. Um, some herbal therapy. We need some shamans, some we, or orishas, and, and we need all we need all. We the, need the uh, brujas to come in. Come on, all that we we need For to get real. it out because at the end of the day, we are all black people. Yeah, it don't matter if you like as snow. Or dark as night. You still black, boo. You still black. And as a light-skinned person, mm-hmm. as somebody who kind of sits really in the middle, I'm not like super, super light-skinned, but I'm not dark-skinned by any means. Mm-hmm. I look at both sides and I'm like, okay, I can swing either way. Yeah. Like, it. there's no difference to me. Just because your skin is darker and your skin is lighter, everybody has good skin. Yeah. Everybody should be washing their damn face and moisturizing. So <laughs> wash your damn face and your motherfucking hands. And your motherfucking nasty. hands. If you're not washing your face and you if you're not washing your hands and then you're touching your face, that's why you got acne. That's why you got acne. Not because And you know of, what? I'm a testament to that because I touch my face a lot. Me too. And I have immaculate skin. Same. But I wash my motherfucking hands and I wash my motherfucking face nasty. Every day. Every single motherfucking day. Every single motherfucking day. We decided to do a little segment of us, uh, a video of us recording this week. So yeah, because we want we want y'all to see our faces more. We feel like uh, y'all are scared of be, us. I'm too fine to be paused on the Facetime. And like, listen, my the camera is covering up my sweater, but it says "Be gay and do crime," and that's gay and do crime, bitch. That's my whole life. But don't do the crime of not taking care of your skin. Yes. <laughs> don't do the crime of not wearing a mask when you are in a group of ten or more people or and less. Six foot, back the fuck six up. Six feet. Damn, we done got all the way off the top. All the way, but that's what just us. generational curses. Yes. Okay. I was like, what the we, fuck we, we, we talked about? Talk about? Um, we talked about wealth. We talked about alcoholism. We talked about colorism. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about um, yeah. So let's get a little deeper into into that though, because like, how do we how do we go about breaking as millennials, as people who are um, nearing thirty or in, in our thirties, or you know those adults that should be quote adults by now? How do we go about breaking the curses of our forefathers and mothers? How well, do we do that? There's a lot of habits that have been passed on. Um, generationally mm-hmm. um, that we need to break. And I think millennials are doing a great job and Gen Z is doing a great job of, yeah, Gen- yeah, of breaking those too. Like we, we, <clears throat> we're, we're, Gen, millennials are, we're split into two different groups. Yeah. Um, we have the older generation which starts in 1980. Uh-huh. Um, and I think it, it's 1983. In 83. 
Um, it's like 83 to 93 and then 93 to 2003. I've seen so many different ones, like breakdowns of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're, we're, we're composite of two different generations. Mm-hmm. Um, and the older part of the millennials, which I fall into because I was born in 90, mm-hmm. um, we, we've had a struggle. We, we've kind of paved the way and kind of nicked the way at it a lot. Um, I'm going to say just from my personal experience of the generational crisis that I have noticed in my family um, and, and being more aware and educating yourself about the world around you and uh-huh. not just this, the little pocket that you're in. Yes. Um, and I think that's, that's where it starts is educating yourself and then educating those around you mm-hmm. and doing it in a loving way. Yes. Not in a bitch, you dumb, you don't know this. And I would talk down to you, mm-hmm. but by okay, I climbed the ladder a little bit. I got to the next level. Let me send the ladder back down. It's not what you say; it's how you say it. I, like I preach it all the time. Yeah, it like I, and a lot of it has to you know if we're gonna break generational curses, we talk about stuff that is passed down through our families. We have to put that back into our family. We can't just take that to mm-hmm. our friends and our loved ones and our coworkers and blah 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 blah. We have to bring that back into the family because. A lot of our family didn't have the opportunities that we have. No, a lot of them didn't know any better no. either. And I, I, I remember um, having a conversation with my mom. Well, even before then, I remember sitting there and kind of being feeling angry that mm-hmm. I wasn't taught certain things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I had to really sit back and self-reflect. And that's another issue that people really don't sit back and self-reflect and look at yourself mm-hmm. and saying, okay, well... <clears throat> Taking responsibility, and that's the thing we're going to talk about a little bit later. Yes. Um, but realizing that, how the hell was my mom supposed to teach me this, and she didn't know it herself? She exactly. wasn't taught it herself. And I remember having a conversation with her, and just like, you know, I learned this, I learned that, you know, putting it back into the family. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was like, oh, you know, I, I'm so appreciative of you um, telling, telling me this or educating me on this. I wish I was able to teach you sooner. And I was like, well, yeah, I wish too, but you couldn't teach me anything that you didn't know yourself. Exactly, exactly. And that's one thing that we really have to recognize. It's not our parents' fault that they didn't teach us certain things. Mm-hmm. It, you know, And it's not their parents' fault because as black people, and this is a very specific to the black experience thing, mm-hmm. as black people, we were never given the opportunities to learn things that white people just are given. Mm-hmm. And as black people, we have to remember that what has been passed down to us, a lot of it is oral tradition. A lot of it is just yeah. what they knew, what they heard, what they knew from just being them. And since we have the ability, since we have these computers in our pockets, in our hands, since we have, you know, better opportunities with education, even though we still don't get the long end of the stick on that shit. Right. You know, we can go. It's okay to go back to your parents and be like, look, this is the thing that I learned about paying taxes. Or yeah. this is the thing that I learned about um, fucking our heritage. This is where we come from. This mm-hmm. is, you know, we are allowed as the children of a long line of forgotten about people to remind our, our remind ourselves who we are. Exactly. And remind our families who we are. Exactly. And when it comes to a generational curses of, of finances, it's just um, learning how to... And it's, it's an argument that's been ongoing on, on Black Twitter a lot. It's saying, how can people police the poor about not saving money when they're living paycheck to paycheck? Uh-huh. <clears throat> and it is a hard task to do. Um, but it all starts with financial literacy and wanting to put yourself in a higher position to earn more. Mm-hmm. Um, opening the doors and um, like there's a lot of free training. Yeah. Um, there's a trend that's that's been happening in the last three or four years uh, where s- certain tech companies that have boot camps. You don't necessarily have to have a degree. Mm-hmm. Um, and tech is where uh, is an industry that is predominantly white male uh-huh. and we lack representation there mm-hmm. and so whenever and this year I took the time out um, even before COVID hit to uh, gain a certificate in user experience design which is in the tech field mm-hmm. and 
I'm the type of person, like I said, I, I climb up the rung a little bit and I send it back down. I spread the information. Um, there's to free everybody. training. Yes. <laughs> to everybody. I don't want to be the only one winning. I don't want to be the only one of my friends winning. Like, I, I want a community of us, the people who look like me, to not have to go through the struggles of our parents and, and you for know, us to be, to be able to live comfortably. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. That is another thing that we... As, a, as this generation, as black people need to continue to do is remember that there is room at the table for everybody. Yes. There is room there is at the table. There is another motherfucking cookies and... In the cookie jar, bitch. In the cookie jar. Like, that's much, it's enough crab legs and shrimp. Oh, crab legs sounds so fucking good. Oh my good. God. I learned how to do a shrimp boil. Are we going to have to have a live shrimp boil? <laughs> Listen. A mukbang. Throw down, okay. Uh, but yeah, like there is, there is enough wealth to go around yes. and it is, you, you can capitalize on however much of it is you want, but you can still send it back into your community. You can still put it back into black owned businesses. You can still put it back into your parents' pockets. Listen, I'm going to take care of my mama to the day I die. I don't give a fuck what yeah. nobody's saying. Yeah. And you know what? It was one thing I was, uh, was thinking about earlier. I was talking to my girlfriend and I have a nail tech who's an Asian lady, and I'm very loyal to her. Um, and I say that because <laughs> I thought about it. I was like, damn, I'm really loyal to this Asian lady because she does my nails great. She's affordable, just awesome lady. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, why can't we do this in our community? Why can't we be loyal to our brands, to our small businesses, to our communities? Because mm-hmm. a lot of people leave the community, they assimilate into white culture, and they never look back. Yeah. And they become gatekeepers of that. They're just like, oh, no, nobody else needs to be let in. Right. Like, I'm not going to help you get to where I'm at. Because if you get to where I'm at, then you're going to be my competition. There is nothing wrong with healthy competition. Yes. But it's not competition, especially if we are in two different fields. I don't don't want, when I get a job, and I say when, because, you know, you have to manifest things. You're speaking wins, not ifs in this house. Yes, when I get a a position in the UX field, and I see somebody young coming around, even even not even young, because I'm I'm a little bit seasoned. I got a little, you know, seasoned salt and some garlic pepper and some onion pepper on me through the years. But if I see somebody who is a new a newbie and, and looking to break into the field, I definitely will reach my hand out because I know how it feels mm-hmm. to not have that support, to not really know what to do and how to do it, and basically to provide guidance. And it's just it's that's that's all it has to be. Is you you know something somebody else doesn't know, but somebody might be interested in, in mm-hmm. moving up and putting themselves in, like I said, in a higher position to earn more, so that they can dig themselves out of that generational curse of living paycheck to paycheck yes and it's not even just earning more it's money management uh-huh. that people need to learn um and it's more than just stocks and bonds and cds and yes that's important and that's something i'm learning myself um but it's also saving your money personal <laughs> finance i think personal finance. it all starts on a personal level with finances man yes. if you can't save your money i'm talking to you darius if you can't save <laughs> sure. your money <laughs> you will never have the money saved up you, you just won't. won't you won't and I'm, i've gotten better um at saving i have um, not <laughs> I'm just gonna be it's okay honest. and you, you're honest and you're aware of it that's mm-hmm. the thing you have to be self aware and hold yourself and I'm actively working on it yeah. I can I, I can say that I have gotten better at saving money my issue is when I have a stream of money coming in spend it girl treat yourself is my problem yep it's my problem but I had got really good in the, in the last three years before COVID um, I had a really good paying job, putting money aside. I like to travel. I like mm-hmm. to look good. Okay. Yep. Uh, I like to drink high end whiskey. Okay. I like flowers. We don't do low shelf. We do top shelf, honey. Okay. I like flowers that you burn. Um, <laughs> that costs money. But you also have to make sure I like to have a roof over my head. I like nice things in my house. So I knew that I just couldn't spend, 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 spend. I have to mm-hmm. create a budget for myself mm-hmm. so it doesn't get out of hand. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you just have to put that shiny thing back on the shelf and let it be. And you know, I'm very proud of myself. I have put so many shiny things back on the shelf this yes. year. So many. Now, many of them made it into my cart and the checkout. <laughs> but, but many you didn't of hit them. Submit. 
No, girl, I did. You did? Okay, but, okay. But many of them did go into my car, and then I was like, you know what? I cannot afford this right now. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you have to listen. My favorite thing to do is what I've been tricking myself into lately is even if I have the money, mm-hmm. I'm broke. Yeah, and that's a mentality that I had to develop myself. It's like I'm broke, I'm even though I wasn't. It. I'm broke. I'm working on it hard. It it, it it's, it's hard. doing wonders. It's though. hard. It's hard to be like, okay, I can afford these things. Let me go out and get a motherfucking um, Benz. Let me go out and get a motherfucking Jeep. Let me go out and get this big ass bowl speaker. But at the end of the day, if you're just like, oh, I can afford it, I'm gonna go do it. Then you're gonna be like, where all my money at? Right. I can't like, afford it now. Why did like, I do it? Like, oh, oh, shit. And that's one thing you just you have to budget. You have mm-hmm. to manage your money mm-hmm. that you can keep your money. And we've learned so many times, even in like in in the music industry, so many people have had millions of dollars and they just like now they're broke. Yeah, because they would just give, 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 give it away, spending on stupid shit. Seventeen cars. What yes. you need seventeen cars for? No. Are you going to always, always try to pay your future self, and that's when my my baby brother graduated high school this year. Uh, I know. I mean, oh, I was literally there when he was born. Yeah, like, my niece saw him is turning twenty next Tuesday. What? Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Where has the time gone? You're just like I blink in twelve years have passed. Like, like I can say that I have been on this earth for almost three decades. Jesus, look. Speaking, <sighs> this is a little sidebar. It was, it was hilarious to me. I sent you this video Instagram. Oh, yes. (laughs) Me and Darius do this thing. Like, most friends probably do just a a barrage of just... We don't even be having a conversation sometimes. We just (laughs) see each other's video. (laughs) And it was this video of this lady, her 94th birthday. Everybody's singing, happy birthday. Everything. She's just looking like all melancholy, like, just... I don't care. And they said, he's just singing. She's like, you know, like, happy 94th birthday. She's like, I hope it's my last. <laughs> and I just was like, what? <laughs> and nobody said anything. It's and like nobody heard her. Everybody was like, damn, grandma. Damn. She's like, I hope it's my last. It's just, it was just a little funny thing. Look, I, I fucking relatable, man. Like, <laughs> if I'm that old, if I listen, Everybody wants a long life. Everybody wants to live a long time. I would love to have a long, successful career. Vampires out there, come bite me! I don't want to (laughs) die. Take me the fuck up out of here, man! Like I'm. Let me be a rich, fat, fly, fabulous, three hundred year old vampire. Okay. (laughs) Three hundred. That's too much. (laughs) I want to see. Let me experience shit. Let me see how the world changed. I don't want to know. I'm going to. I mean, I'm, I'm curious. I don't want to know. I would, and this, this is the thing. Somebody made a quote, uh, or I was watching something, and they were like, basically, you're dead longer than you're alive. And I was like, damn, that is real fucked up, but true. I believe more deeply in reincarnation than anything. Uh-huh. And so, I'm like, okay, this life is cool. Depression is something I could have left in a, lot, a past life. Mm-hmm. But, you know, this life is cool. I'm happy. Yeah. I am in love. I am growing financially, spiritually, you know. <laughs> you know. Yes. And, you know, I, I, I am becoming an affluent person. Mm-hmm. And by the time I'm old and ready to clock the fuck up out this bitch, mm-hmm. clock me out. Go on and send me into my that. next life. I respect that. Like, I want to... I want to experience the world through the many eyes that I will see it through. Yeah. And that is me being real philosophical and spiritual. But I've been watching a lot of uh, things about reincarnation lately. So, like, it just mm. is kind of fresh in my head. And I'm like, you know what? Next life. Next life. You can tell when somebody is on their first life, too. It's like, ooh, you fresh, huh? I, I literally, I have, I have an old soul. Mm-hmm. Like, as playful and goofy as hell as I am, I have an old soul. And I feel like I have been here before but like i said the vampires out here like i mean come bite me and whatever help me transition it's like, uh, uh, i'm good I'm, no i'm gonna live i'm good, I'm good. I'll see i can live 300 years and be four different people like listen she's, when i eventually kick the bucket uh, and you have been bitten by a vampire and you're 300 years <laughs> old we will meet each other many times we will meet each other many times i'm like girl i knew you had a past same face, ho. <laughs> <laughs> Same Darius, new face. Okay, you know. 
Um, but <laughs> there we go, jumping off the topic again. Always. <laughs> um, but also to to kind of track back to generational curses and the generational curses that are um, not financial. Mm-hmm. Addiction runs very deeply in both sides of my family. Yeah. Um, and it's such a hard thing because, yes, honestly, personally, drugs are not enticing to me at all. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just not something. I see what it has done to my family, and that's how I'm breaking that generational curse. You know what I mean? But I also, it's also having that understanding that not everything is going to, um, end up with you at the crack house. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yes, you can drink everything in moderation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can drink. I can go out and get fucking hammered if I want to once a month. Like, that's it. We used to dash it every weekend. Oh, I remember. <laughs> oh, I remember. Um, and like, I don't do any drugs. I don't smoke weed or anything like that. But like, Weed is not a drug. But anyway, go ahead. When eventually <laughs> Darius puffs on the reefer, um, when he has his medical car <clears throat> to do something. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm depressed. I need this for yes. my depression and anxiety. Thank yes. you. Um, but like, I don't, I don't see anything wrong. I don't see any negatives about certain drugs. Mm-hmm. Other drugs? Absolutely. But as, you know, a person who on both sides of my family has a spirit of addiction, as we call it in the church. Spirit of addiction. <laughs> the spirit of addiction. <laughs> Um, please, it please. scares me mm-hmm. to think about possibly becoming addicted to something, and that's how and I just can't. You know, I I I um I grew up around my maternal side of my family. Me too. Um, and I really can't speak on my paternal side, but um, we we've had some people that were um had some alcoholism and some drugs, and I I did see how same thing, see how it affected them. And besides that, that lifestyle is for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I already have an addictive uh, personality. Like, if I'm watching something on Netflix, I have to, like, I can't watch multiple things. I have mm-hmm. to commit. Maybe one or two shows I can because mm-hmm. if I get tired of one, then, you know, whatever. But for the most part, I'm committing to one thing mm-hmm. for the long run. Um, and I just, I know that it, it wouldn't just, it wouldn't be healthy for me to try to dive into the the hard drugs and stuff. Oh, um, no. I when I was in art school, so I there's this artist and I forget their name at this point, um, who took one of every drug, mm-hmm. heroin, PCP, meth, all, like every drug you can think of imaginable, mm-hmm. and drew a self portrait, mm-hmm. and that interests me. But yeah. the part of my brain that's like, bitch, you gonna do it once and be addicted. That's just the it's like, thing. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, but from an artistic standpoint, I know a lot of artists who do that um, to see how their their reality is or their perception is. It was so beautiful. I'm gonna have to look at it. I'm, I'm interested in, in in looking into that. Everyone was so different. One was like super detailed. One was just fucking lines, like what? that made no coherent sense. I was like. This is fucking He probably was amazing. like, I'm gonna fuck him up with this one right Two here. <laughs> yeah, it was it was no. <laughs> it was quite interesting. Yeah, I, was, I would like to see and when I say I'm interested, I'm not interested in popping, you know, hair and popping needle in my in my arm. Yeah, no, thank you. You know, I'm interested in seeing um his process or yeah, their process. I will I will show you yeah. that because I don't remember. Yeah. Uh but yeah, so we it, teaching Oh, yeah, I said all that to, to say teaching our kids about drugs or as early as possible. I know a lot of parents like to kind of hide that stuff away from their kids because they think that is what's going to make them not do it if they don't know it exists. But it's everywhere in the media. Listen. All the music they listen to. Kids aren't as kids aren't stupid. No. Actually, the younger you are, actually, the more curious you are, mm-hmm. the more... It was, it was a study done a couple of years ago, and I have to... I'll probably try to look and research it and post it on our social media. But basically, the younger you are, the younger kids are performing on a genius level. Mm-hmm. They're curious. They want to know how things work. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> they, they haven't been molded into cattle. Yeah. And when I say cattle, it's like, I'm going to work. I'm going home. 
the most, you know, like the mm-hmm. routine. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, they're not stupid. They, we have to allow children, first of all, you know, the perimeter of respect, yeah. you know, but we also have to respect their individuality. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and that was something that I really wasn't afforded when I was a child. Um, but that, and that's another thing about generational curses, really yeah. putting a lock and hold and sheltering your child and not being able to them when they go out into the world, not knowing a lot of things. And, you know, I can speak to the opposite of that because mm-hmm. my mom let me do whatever the fuck I wanted to. Yeah. My, my, see my upbringing, like my grandma had a hold in raising me and she was a, a chief apostle in the church, um, uh, which is very high ranking. And, uh you know, my mother, on the other hand, because she experienced that, was a little bit lenient mm-hmm. on that aspect. Um, but still, you know, still had a, I, you. You are okay. <laughs> um, for the most part, people are molded, and as as much as you try to get away from certain things, it's still in you a tad bit. Yeah, I find strength. myself still, you know, growing up in the church as well, mm-hmm. still being like. Whenever I go down on my boyfriend, sometimes I'm like, is this a sin? <laughs> Am I going to go to hell for swallowing these babies or what? Yeah. And it's and, and then I start doing it. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, 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 what sin? Just down the cross like, But no, and then that's the one thing that was popular in the last couple of weeks or last month on Twitter was tweet like Twitter was around during the Bible day. Yikes. Why I, how did I miss that? I wanted to participate, but then I was like, Is this blasphemy? This is blasphemy. This is the one scene that God's not going to forgive. Yes. So let me shut my damn mouth. I will sit back and observe. I will observe and laugh and ask for forgiveness at the same damn time. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like as far removed as, and I'm saying that I, I still have the relationship with God, but as far as removed as from the mandated the man religion man-made yeah man made religion is bullshit yeah um i still have that in me that sprinkle of oh i'm not gonna do that because that's blasphemous yeah see i do too yeah i every the, oh, it's so crazy how fucked up you get and <laughs> <laughs> that sounds controversial yeah brave but it is the truth <laughs> yeah, but... how how much religion sticks to you mm-hmm. um it that's ugh, I'm yeah. not gonna go down that rabbit hole. That's a big rabbit hole to go. That's mm-hmm. a long, deep, yeah. deep, deep one to go in. Mm-hmm. But back to my point to kind of bring it home is allow your children within reason. Like, yeah, don't have them watching porn at, at five years old. Oh, I saw, I saw porn. I did too, but it was on accident. My so brother I, showed me. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. No. <laughs> But, um, yeah, like teach them early about sex and teach them that sex is a natural thing and not mm-hmm. something to shy away from. Mm-hmm. Um, teach them how to be safe and teach people, teach them how to be their self, allow them to be their self. Teach them to embrace their natural curiosity. Exactly. Because kids are <clears throat> more emotionally intelligent than adults will ever be. Mm-hmm. And if we can. This next crop of children that are coming up, if we can catch them while they're young and keep that emotional intelligence, mm-hmm. God, this world would be so much different it if we be. all just were as emotionally emotionally be. intelligent as a child. Yeah, and it's a whole like, oh my God, um, stay in a child's place thing. Okay, I get it to a certain extent, mm-hmm. but if a child's asking you about something and you, it's, and I think half the time people just didn't have the answer themselves and it was mm-hmm. being assholes, but it just it just puts you in a box and it's just like. And sometimes that can carry on into your adulthood. Yeah. It's like that it, it snuffs your curiosity. It's like, oh, well, I should ask these questions or I should ask more questions because it's not my place to. Or it makes you curious in the opposite way where you go out and you're like, mommy, what's heroin? You don't need to know what that is. And then all of a sudden, you got a needle in, you you got got a needle in your arm. Yeah. Like that, it it, it has a, an adverse effect either way. Mm-hmm. But. And then realizing that if, it's if you have multiple children that. They're all different, mm-hmm. and they need different things. Mm-hmm. And I mean, yes, there's a certain um, what's the word I'm looking for? Standard or like yeah, baseline? standard, mm-hmm. baseline of raising your child within the parameters that you want to, but still understand that 
they are individuals. Yeah, you might have to bend that for my yeah. mom. Listen, I, my mom was and still is the most incredible mother because mm-hmm. she really truly allowed us to be who we were. Mm-hmm. My mom never questioned the fact that I wanted to dance around and sing and always be up and entertaining and you know, and even up until when I came out, mm-hmm. it was never a question. But my brothers are super masculine mm-hmm. and, you know, they play sports. They did. The, and it wasn't she didn't force that upon me. Yeah. She, she laughed at me when I told her I was going to play run track. <laughs> Damn. We just talked about that the other day. She, yeah. Yeah. You just you have to let your kids be. And I understand that you like some people didn't experience certain things. So they want their kids to. But then it's the pressure of trying to please everybody. And that's mm-hmm. that's and I always talk about it, that's the oldest child play. Uh, you know, uh, wanting to please because you're the first kid to get to be a kid. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so yeah, they want they want to they want to shelter you. They want you to have be afforded the things that they didn't want. But sometimes they try to push their their wants and what they wanted to how they wanted to live their life as a kid onto you. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of have this complex of always wanting to try to please somebody, and in the long run, and that's another generational curse. Yeah, just allow. And that's one thing I I um. I had a conversation with my mom and my sister. I have a nephew. He'll be two in March. Ooh, time has flown by. Flying. Um, and I talk to him on FaceTime regularly. Talk, baby talk, whatever. And he knows me. He knows this. And we call, he calls me, you know, refers to me as Tia, whatever. TT, what I. Um, but when I came and visited the mm-hmm. last snow in June, around the time my brother was graduating, I noticed that he was like, oh shit, like she's here in person. And he kind of like was nervous about it. Mm-hmm. And me, being the perspective, the perceptive person that I am, recognized this and didn't force myself like, oh, I'm going to pick you up and you're going to give me a hug. You're going to give me a kiss. Right. I gave him time to get comfortable with me being there in the, in the flesh. Yes. And to warm up to me. And once he did, he was all over his auntie. Yeah. Like, he was. And it's just, that's the one thing we have to respect, boundaries. Honestly, that's not the same situation I'm having with my niece right now. She's four. Mm-hmm. She fucking loves me. Yeah. But she had to warm up to me because mom is not yelling at her. But mm-hmm. if she's doing something wrong, uncle was going to be like, put it down. Yeah. And you know, I got the basic uncle voice. We, we got the, listen. So <laughs> she was a little scared of me because, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. It was the same thing with my grandpa. A lot of the kids are scared of my grandpa. My grandpa's voice is deep. Oh my goodness. Yeah, my grandpa has a deep voice. Uh, he used to play the devil in all the church plays. It was great. <laughs> you know, that might have been what inspired me to want to be an I was going to say, is that what? Yeah. I, yeah. Wait a minute. I just had a real life epiphany. <laughs> that is truly what inspired me to want to be an actor because yeah. my grandpa was in all the church plays. See? And he was fantastic. And that's a great generational past, though. Right? Yes. Yeah, on the flip Word. Side. Yes. Go ahead, Grandpa. ASMR snaps for you, Grandpa. <laughs> But yeah, so the, a lot of these children, you know, don't force them to, you know, give so-and-so a hug. Don't force them to sit on so-and-so lap. Don't force them to do, yeah, you know. Yeah, and then that kind of opens the door for a lot of bad things to happen. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that's always going to happen. It's going to open the door, make them think that, oh, somebody forcing themselves in my bubble is okay. Yeah. And that opens the door for um, molestation mm-hmm. and... The whole what happens in my house stays in my house. They're not gonna say anything about it. Super so respect this, respect boundaries. Yeah. Respect boundaries. It doesn't matter if they're they're two, they're one, they're five, they're fourteen, they're thirty-eight. Respect boundaries. Kids know. If yeah. they don't want you in their space, they don't want you in their space. And it's and respect that. Mm-hmm. Respect that. Yep. So yeah. Man, this episode is deep. Deep. I didn't realize we were gonna get this deep. <laughs> You know, you know what? sometimes we deep, sometimes we crazy. You know? Let's get a little crazy. Let's throw in some, Let's some cola. Let's, yeah. What you got for us today, Sheesh? Oh, man. So, you know, I'll, I'll be on Twitter heavy, 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 heavy. I'm trying to get my Twitter game up to Sheesh level. Listen. So, <laughs> this week, JT from the City Girls. If I'm, I'm not going to talk to you, Darius, because, you know. Okay. 
you on the other side of blackness on this, okay? Okay. <laughs> JT was released from jail this year, last year, within that time. I frame. forgot she was in jail. Yeah, she was in jail for fraud. And uh, it was a conversation that was going on along whether or not she's a pretty woman. I think she's a beautiful woman. Mm-hmm. Um, however, somebody went diving into her old tweets. And lo and behold, what did they find? A lot of problematic shit. Yep. Uh, some of the shit I thought was funny. Like she said, if you if you answer somebody, um, blow up their DMs and then quote it Osama bin Laden. Like it was Osama. I thought that was funny. I mean, it could be a little insensitive, but it, then it turned real <laughs> dark real quick. Um, it was another tweet that said she wanted R. Kelly to rape her. Um. Dragged heavily, far, beat the hell up on Twitter to the point where she deleted her account. Um, but my question, I just need to pose: like, who are their PR agents? Who isn't going? Who like why aren't somebody going through their tweets and being like, okay, you are a per- you are a public person, mm-hmm. and this is just I understand letting people be who they are. Mm-hmm. This is just out of control. Now listen, were they famous at this point? When she yes, this was 2018, 2017. Oh and yeah, it's only twenty twenty. It's wow, only twenty twenty. That was not that long ago. It's okay. Because I was gonna say if this is pre fame, somebody need to get their ass beat for digging through tweets from before they were famous. Like fuck no. off. You got me fucked up if you finna dig up some tweets trying to cancel me. About some shit that I tweeted back in 2010. Yeah. No, bitch. I'm not the same bitch. And, and I probably, um, and my old Twitter account had probably said some off-color things, some really offensive things, but I know better now. And I think we talked about this in the past episode. People being allowed to grow. People being allowed to grow. Mm-hmm. People being allowed to re- redeem themselves and changing their opinion based off new information. Yeah. <clears throat> and things that you learn. Um, so, but, I mean, that was that... I'm not, I'm not That's saying not long enough ago for that to be. Uh, it's not. <laughs> it's not. So Mm-mm. my advice to people: be careful what you tweet, because it will bite you in the ass. And then mm-hmm. it don't matter if you delete shit. People screenshot shit, and that shit will not Never. go away. Never go away. Never go away. Uh, on top of that, Cardi B was also dragged. They just like getting on Cardi B head. They love getting on Cardi B head. I don't understand why people have so much hatred towards Cardi B. Head on her. I love Cardi B. This one, I actually am aware of what happened because I stand <laughs> the fuck out of Cardi B for real. So she was dragged on Twitter, um, not necessarily dragged, but they probably tried to give her a little pat on the hand, a little slap on the hand. She was tweeting about buying an $88,000 purse. Mm-hmm. And somebody said, oh, well, that's insensitive to tweet about in a pandemic. But it's just like, when you sit down and you break it down, Right, mm-hmm. Cardi B gives a lot back to the community. Yeah, um, and even if she did it, what does that have to do with anything? This is her money. You cannot that she police earned. her money. You can't police how she spends her money. Mm-mm. You shouldn't police, and that's the thing that I think our culture. We grew up with the internet, and right. a lot of people put their business on the internet, and their lives on the internet, but we've become so obsessed with it. And nitpicky. Mm-hmm. And it's just, at, at that point, it's just like, come the fuck on. And we think we can tell people what to do. Like, we have so much investment in celebrities' lives. Sorry, I have a mouthful, mouthful of biscuit. We have so much investment in celebrity lives that we don't invest enough time in our own lives. Our own lives, our own business. And people are always parading around and trying to be what they aren't on social media. Mm hmm. Mind your motherfucking business, bitch. Yeah. Cardi B is being who the fuck she want to be. If she want to buy $88,000 purse, purse, let her do it. The purse is ugly as shit, but I mean, ugly it's none of my business. Fuck. It ain't my money. It's not my money. It's and not I'm my purse. I'm a business that pays me, and Cardi B's business do not pay me. But so. Cardi B, <laughs> if you would like to pay me, I'm good at many things. Take a pick. That news is dope. Why the fuck over? Why the fuck over? A whole bunch of interpretation. Why the fuck over? Um, also, there's been some violence in the music industry. Oh, boy. Um, this is low-key singer. She's from Chicago. Her name's Anne-Marie. Um, she allegedly 
this is a story that's circulating on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I really didn't have a chance to fact check it. Okay. She allegedly allegedly shot her boyfriend in the head because she found out he was cheating. Oh. Well, when I did. Yeah. <laughs> 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 <Uh-oh>. <laughs> I'm going to go a little friendly today. Y'all could have seen the face I just made. In the I face like, he oh. just out. Uh, but this is the thing, and this is it was the argument on Twitter because earlier this year, Tory Lanez allegedly, I'm gonna say allegedly, because I don't come after me and sue me because all you're gonna get is a jar of pickles. Um, <laughs> at this point, um, he shot Megan and Sally. and a lot of people jumped on his head, me included. I deleted a lot of his music off out of my um, playlist. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't give a shit how good of an artist it is, and I don't give a shit about people's argument about separating the artist from the music because that is your music. That's there's an extension no of yourself. Yep, there's no way to do that for me. <laughs> um, so the same argument is I don't condone it. I understand being in a relationship with somebody and, and feeling betrayed mm-hmm. and, a crime, and this is, it sounds like a crime of passion. Yeah. Um, but it's just like... I okay. I don't condone it. I don't condone busting the cap unless unless he was trying to choke her out or something. She was in self defense. They're all for it. Right. If there was some violence being done toward her, of course, mm-hmm. light him the fuck up. Yeah. But I also cannot condone shooting somebody in the head for cheating. However. Mm. Yeah, and he's still in critical condition, so hopefully he comes through. Hopefully he makes um, it. And if that is the case, hopefully he learns his lesson. I'm sure he will. <laughs> Um, but I mean, if that's not the case, that was a, fo- a totally fabricated situational story, um, and something else happened. Um, I hope that if she is innocent and if there was like you know an accident or whatever, then mm-hmm. she's fine. Um, but anyway, uh, on the still talking about the police. Oh, you don't know this person either, probably another Chicago <laughs> artist, G Herbo. Nope. Uh, was indicted. The FBI on fraud charges. Apparently, he's wait, a part of this. I did. I know. I think I did hear this story. You know this story. He was a part of this ring. Long story short, they were private like, jets. Yes, um, I did hear about this. Oh my god, I yeah. read about. Yes, 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 yes. I and did know about this one. Crazy because his baby mama Ari is it Ari. Ari Lennox? No, not Ari Lennox. Oh, I was like Ari. Ari, she's with Money Bag Yo. Okay. He's a. I know who Money Back Yo is. Okay, I was going to say Darius. He's like, you just really losing it with me. I know who Money Back Yo is. I've never listened to his music, but I've heard his name before. He's. Whatever. (laughs) I like Money Back. I used to say, yo, Money Back, but it's Money Back Yo. His baby mama, G Herbo's baby mama, G Herbo, sorry, it's not pronounced correctly. G Herbo's baby mama, Ari, is with Money Back Yo. Uh Um, But she is a federal witness. So basically, like, money bag, yo, sleeping with a snitch. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, like, but G Herbo, G Herbo, <laughs> has pled not guilty to the charges, so. Sir, listen, this is another generational curse we need to break. Mm-hmm. If you did the crime, oh, shit. If you did the crime, do the time. Like, if do the, the time. glove don't fit, you must have That motherfucking glove fit. I guarantee you that bitch is snug tight up on that. Uh, we don't know. We don't know. We don't know, but like, come on now. We don't know. Um, also, in entertainment news, they're supposed to be doing a triplet reboot. Yeah, I heard about that. I didn't, at first, I was like, what? They're going to redo it, but it's, it's basically supposed to be a continuation. And some know. of the characters are supposed to come back. Um, if this are I just don't want them to replace Lafayette. Yeah, that um I never watched the show. I I couldn't really get into it. I tried very hard to get into it and it just was not my it was not my gig. Um but that one scene that I did watch, the one that is like the most infamous scene in the whole series where Ooh. Lafayette goes off on those guys because mm. he's gay and whatever, blah blah blah. That scene is iconic. It's fantastic. Please do not replace Nelson Ellis. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. I really don't think there's anybody that can play that part. put his foot in that motherfucking role. Mm -hmm. 
He was the most flamboyant masculine queer person I've ever like queer job ever come across. And I loved it. Loved every bit of it. I love True Blood. I like the supernatural stuff. I like the whole witches. I do too. And vampires just don't do it for me. Vampires love vampires gonna bite me. <laughs> vampires have never done it for me. It's never been my that's never been my game. Yeah, witches and vampires. But and witches. Werewolves. Yeah, yeah, I love I love some witchy shit now. Yeah. According to my one of my great aunts, we um we have we're descendants of some witches. I don't know what kind of witches, but it's I'm probably sure something I should could dive into mm-hmm. to learn about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also in entertainment news, talking about reboots, they're doing another continuation of iCarly. Why? I don't know. White people ain't doing enough stuff. And they were supposed to be bringing True Jackson back. True Jackson VP? Yeah. Oh, I fucked with that. Yeah. So we'll see. I fucked with that. I don't know. Um, uh, I love Kiki Palmer. Kiki Palmer been kind of weird in the media. Yeah, I know she said some weird stuff, but I stand Kiki Palmer. Palmer. Yeah. You know what? If people need food stamps, let them people get their food stamps. Okay? Let them people get their food stamps. Shit. My goodness. <laughs> um, but in other news, like to keep you abreast of what's going on, right now, um, the House of Representatives passed a um, cover relief bill which is now being mauled over in the Senate um, and they're dragging their feet. Of course. And y'all listen people are getting evicted people and, and the current um, current unemployment assistance for uh, displaced workers is supposed to end on the 26th of December which is this month which is in a couple of weeks. What the hell are these people supposed to do? Wait a minute, what? Yeah, it's supposed to end. The what, P- the PECU? Mm-hmm. I thought they extended it. No, they, it has to pass in it. It has to pass another step. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, and right now they're... they're the Democrats, from what I've read, are trying to prevent being put in the bill um, basically a cushion for businesses not to be liable for people um, yeah. that contracted COVID. Because of the condition, so uh, <clears throat> because of having to go back to work yeah. when the virus was still active and still going around, yeah, and, and and that and Republicans are trying to pass it without putting another stimulus check, direct payment into yeah. the bill. It's just it, it needs to happen. People need relief now, and it's not because of the holidays. People are like, really, at this point, fuck Christmas. If I can't do it, I'm not going to try to bend over backwards and do it. Listen, I'm people not need to live. It. People like, I mean, there was a um, at the beginning of COVID. Amber wasn't cutting off people's stuff. Um, there was a moratorium on yeah. um, rent and everything like that. Yeah, but it, they're not. They're cutting people's light bills off. People's cars are getting repossessed. People are getting evicted. What are these people supposed to do? Like, like y- y'all living comfortably. Comfortably. And, they th- and the crazy thing about it is that like so many people went back to work. They don't need the assistance. Listen, most people went back to work and were not working regular hours. And a lot of people went back to work not making the same amount of money that they were not pre-COVID. Nearly the same yes. amount of money. Myself and fuck included. Yes. Like, I I could have, I had two choices. I could have stayed on fucking unemployment or I could have went back to work. Like, and then they were like, if you have the option to go back to work, you can't draw unemployment. So I have to go back to work. Yeah. So really, I only have one option. Yeah. And if you're uncomfortable with the circumstances at work and you want to quit, They'll take your unemployment away. Yeah. If you're trying to protect yourself, it's just it's it's at this point, it's disgusting. Literally, the unemployment website says fear of contracting COVID nineteen is not a valid reason to not go to work. You got me fucked up. People yeah. are dying. A two over two hundred fifty thousand people in the U S have died. Twenty plus people a day in St Louis alone are dying from COVID nineteen. And currently, Missouri is I think number five now mm-hmm. in cases. And punk ass Mike Parson. I I don't know if you've seen me tweeting Mike Parson. I tried to put out a tweet as often as I can. I came across an article where they were like, this motherfucker is still refusing to put a mask mandate on the entire state. It needs to happen. The cases are not going to go down. The numbers are not going to go down. They are now using parts of Children's Hospital as emergency for people with COVID-19. A lot of people who have like heart conditions are in in the hospital for different reasons, un- not COVID related, 
are having to be airlifted to other places. Like, they're... That's how bad it is. It's terrible. It's horrible. Mm-hmm. And now the vaccine is coming out. And I'm, they've already started giving it to people. And I'm curious to see what happens. And then they're also trying to put out, and it really pissed me off, offering people, and I don't know how, if this is a thing that's actually going to happen, but trying to get a filler of, we'll give you $1,500 if you take this vaccine. And who is that targeted? It's targeting people who need the money. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of marginalized minority people. Yeah, and you better believe I need the money, but am I going to get a vaccine for $1,500? Absolutely not. I'm gonna let everybody else get it and see if they turn into zombies. Mm-hmm. And you know, whatever. Um, yeah. I don't know. This year is crazy. I'm ready for 2021. Listen, 2021, don't come in um on January 1st at um to 2021 at um 12 o'clock acting a fool, please. Calm down. Calm down, please. We've, we've been through enough. We can't take no more. We really, truly cannot take any more. We can't more. take no more. At this point, it's either clock us all the fuck up out of here or fix it. Like, fix it. Fix it. Please fix it. Because we got a long way to go. Galactic Federation, if you're listening, um, and y'all got a better life on y'all planet, and y'all actually care about people, come get me. If y'all, if y'all have free rights for all, <laughs> I know I might not look like y'all, but... um. I'm willing to assimilate to your culture if you are listen, better than this punk ass shit. Listen, come come suit me and my family. We ain't gonna tell nobody, okay? Have you seen <laughs> Have you seen that video? I think it's Trey Melvin where he's like, Yeah, I went by Earth to swoop some people up. <laughs> and wasn't nobody on the streets. And you know they like to be out on the streets driving their cars and shit. <laughs> and they I saw people in masks and coughing. They got something called COVID nineteen. <laughs> Oh my god, that shit cracks me up oh every no. single time yeah, I see yeah. it. Oh my god, Earth is so nasty. It's ghetto. It's like fucking Steven Universe. We are movie. literally the Florida of the planets. Like, <laughs> if there are other intelligent life forms out here, we they probably looking at us like these motherfuckers be talking about Florida. But look at look, look at all the stupid shit they go. They all here. Florida. They all motherfucking Florida. Wow, attacked. <laughs> Seriously. As a resident of Earth, <laughs> I would like to go. Listen, please. Have we established the living space on Mars yet? Is it ready? Send me. But you know what? This is it's a show I've been watching on Netflix. It's called Altered Carbon. And Netflix uh, sponsored us or whatever because I'm trying y'all out. A um, lot in this episode. And it really, like, the gist of it, and I'm trying to... I give you a synopsis without ruining it in case anybody wants to listen. Spoiler alert, if you don't want to hear about it, skip to the skip end. To the this end. is the end anyway. Yeah. But, um, but um, basically, this lady found a formula of how to live eternal life. But of course, the rich people took it and exploited it mm-hmm. and became people in positions of power for eternity. Um, it's I fear that it, it would be the same way if people start moving to Mars. Like, the rich is only be the only people that live there. Bye. Good <laughs> fucking bye. But then they're going to stop caring about us down here on Earth and We shit. can figure our own shit the fuck out. Listen, Listen bitch. If you take the top 99%, let whatever money they have in their pockets right now, whatever coins they got in their checking account, coins. take that shit, send it to Mars, let them establish their shit on Mars, mm-hmm. figure it the fuck out, we can go ahead and establish our free health care, bitch. Yeah. Our free motherfucking school, bitch. Like, bye. Oh, my goodness. Bye. And a, a couple more things before we end the episode. Red ta- Table Talk this week. Adrian, Miss, Miss Adrian, Jada Pinkett Smith's mother, had a permanent look of disdain on her face, and I felt her. I felt her. Oh, yeah, because she was like, who, who, fuck, who were they talking to this uh, They were talking to, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, let me look it up, let me look it up. Um, basically, the, I can't think of the the, the, the daughter's name, but the uh, college scandal. Yes, Lori Laughlin's daughter. Yes, That's what we're talking about. Yeah, my mom was telling me about it, yes. So she came on, she reached out to Red Table Talk, and Miss Adrian, I say Miss Adrian because I have been, she's she's my elder. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a good thing that was passed on. Man, Yeah. Um, but she was literally was like why and it's something that we have to work on and it's something that's 
plagued has been a generational curse for all people passed down. Mm-hmm. Wanting black women to be in your corner to help you fight. But when the shoe is on the other foot, not reaching out and doing the damn same thing. Mm-hmm. That was the gist of what she said. Um, she, she, we motherfucking tired. Yes. We motherfucking tired. She said at the end of the day, people are going to forget about it. You already in a position of power. You already come from money. Your parents are going to do their 60 days in jail, pay their fine, and you're going to be okay. Yeah. That is your privilege of being a white woman that comes from money. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something we need to talk about. We're going to talk about this in the next couple of episodes. We're probably going to have to bring some guests on it. Um, but I wish we knew some white women with money. Well, we know one or two. Do we? Yeah. Hmm. I don't name names. Oh, we can name names once the episode. <laughs> once the episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's. I felt her, and that was one thing that I really wanted to talk about or, or just touch on um, this episode. So hit us up on social media, um, on Twitter, Urban Proper Pod, and let's talk about it. let's talk about how you feel about. Miss um, Adrian's sense on that, and, and let's talk also about um, what generational curses curses have you overcame or actively are working to overcome? Yeah, we wanna we want to hear as much from you all as you want to give us. So yeah. if you want to talk about you know things in your family that are have been traumatic, mm-hmm. that's generational curses, man. Like all that shit ties in together. Yeah. So hit us up on. Our Instagram, which is at Urban Proper Podcast, or our Facebook, which is also Urban Proper Podcast. Yeah, and don't forget that we're on all streaming platforms now. We finally got onto iTunes. Finally on iTunes. Apple Podcasts. It's a different app, remember? Oh, yes. Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts. We're on Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts. uh, Spotify. Podbean is like our little hub of where all those things are linked to. So you can find us there. Um, Yeah. Until next time, y'all. We will talk to you on the next episode. Bye. Bye.